He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you as always. Jim Woodward will join us after the break as we talk a little uh, Max Homa, a little PGA Championship, little NCAA Regionals, high school state tournaments. A lot going on in the game of golf, but we hope everyone had a great Mother's Day. It was our first Mother's Day in this house, which was a, uh, a great day to celebrate. You know what the baby got mom for Mother's Day? What's that? Baby slept five hours at a time last night. <laughs> that is beautiful. Baby slept five hours, eight, slept five more hours at five weeks old, which is unbelievable. So hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. Uh, and Sam, you know, your your mom shared some uh, some tough news yesterday, but, yep. but Bev Strong and we're all... We're all here for it. I appreciate it. it. And yesterday, I I don't want this to be some sad thing, guys. I want this to be just, you know, telling people information and and just hope that people will pray for, you know, my mom and my family. But yesterday, Colby, I had one of the most fun rounds that I've ever played. You know, my mom asked me to play golf with her on Mother's Day, and we went out and played. And um, by the way, 17 yesterday. West course out at Oak Tree. She hits driver remind, right down the middle. Remind me 17. Walk me it's through a it. little bit of a dogleg left, just barely. And it's down the hill, uh, pretty short par four. Yep, okay. I think and, I'm with you. And she pipes a drive right down the middle. She hits a nine wood to about nine feet. And she rolls in the putt for a legitimate birdie. Had to be like one of her only couple birdies this year, right? You put the video of the putt on Twitter. The and, putt was pure. And the... The joy on her face when that ball went in the hole was just beautiful. But, um, but yeah, you mentioned the tough news. We've known for a while, and she finally wanted to uh, say it publicly that she does um, have breast cancer, and uh, it's it's pretty quickly um, uh, fast moving form of breast cancer, and and basically she is going to go through chemo and and have surgery and. Um, there's going to be a lot of tough times ahead, but just seeing the game of golf create joy yesterday was was beautiful to see. And also, I want to say thank you to everybody on social media who has reached out with with really nice messages. And um, you know, I, I too many to even think. I mean, Colby, the the power of social media. We talk about the negative things a lot, but when something like this happens and and everyone kind of rallies around. Um, just to say they're praying for my mom, that, that means a lot. And I, I shed some tears last night, and they weren't tears of sadness. They were tears of joy that that many people, you know, care about my mom. Yeah, and if you don't know how to reach out and you want to, you can reach out. Uh, you can send them to the 73rd Hole Twitter at the 73rd Hole, or you can send them to Sam at Sam Humphreys 34 uh, and Sam will pass those messages along to his mom. So Absolutely. We're, we're all Bev Strong, and uh, she's got a lot of people in her corner. Absolutely. So. Well, you know, like I said, it's going to be a tough time going forward, but we're not being negative about it. We're just going to be positive about it and take it step by step. And, and my mom, you know, she – is one of the strongest people I know and she's been super positive and she'll continue to be even on the bad days. So, um, I just appreciate everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Taylor, were you watching golf or playing golf this weekend? It was actually pretty nice out. It was, it was some nice weather. I was, I was watching a little bit more golf than I was playing for sure. Um, really good tournaments this last week, guys. You know, we talked earlier in the week about the TBC courses not being, you know, particularly the best layouts across the, uh, across the country. But I really like TBC Potomac. I like what I saw from it. Um, you know, I, it was a really good tournament with, with Max Homa up there contending. We, we mentioned also before the week that if Rory wasn't up there, it was going to be a, a pretty lackluster event where Rory was up there. He wasn't up there really for the last three or four holes, but he still had a chance to win. So, yeah, it was a really good tournament. Mr. Skill, Matthew Fitzpatrick in second. Uh, Cameron Young was in second as well with Keegan. I mean, you guys' picks this week were on fire. You had Homer <laughs> and Cameron Young. I mean, y'all just rake it in the cash. I mean, I'm just seeing it fall left and right. So, so, yeah, it was a really good tournament. I'll say this, you know, there was – I don't know about you guys, but there was – after the first three or four holes, there was never really a point that I didn't think Max was going to win the tournament. Um, I just felt like Keegan was just one of those players where he just – I believe they mentioned it yesterday on Golf Channel. 
that he was one for 10 going into this event with 54 whole leagues. Yes. And now after this tournament, it's one for 11. So, and they, they, they alluded to a little bit about the jitteriness that he has and, and how that could play a part. And I do think that has something to do with it as well. But, you know, just going back to my main point is that after the first, I would say four or five holes, I thought Max had this sewn up, wrapped up in the bag. Um, so it was, there was a couple of times where he hit some wayward shots, but never at any point, guys, did I think that he wasn't going to win the tournament. Yeah, and it was actually for Keegan, it was actually just in the final group, that stat that they threw out on the broadcast. One for 10, anytime he was playing in the final group. So now he's one for 11. Like you said, I got the backdoor T2 with Cameron Young, the Sunday 66. But I thought TPC Potomac uh, made for a sneaky good tournament. You were penalized if you hit bad shots. I thought you were rewarded if you hit good ones. Even with the weather uh, being so nasty on Friday and Saturday, you know, we don't get the double digits under par. Homa wins it at eight under. But guys, we had a strength of field in the mid 200s, and our top five on the leaderboard at the end of Sunday were Max Homa, Keegan Bradley, Matt Fitzpatrick, Cameron Young, and Rory McIlroy. As far as Beautiful. putting on an entertaining tournament, yeah. in a strength of field of about 250, Sam, there is not a much better top five <laughs> you can ask for in terms of entertainment value. It's about as good as you can get. And, you know, on Saturday, the scoring average was 73.7. That was the highest since the final round at Wingfoot in 2020. That's how hard really? TPC Potomac was playing, guys. Um, and yesterday, I totally agree with what T-Dub just said. It just seemed like Homa had it in the bag early. And then, obviously, when Keegan... I thought the shot of Sunday was when Keegan hit it in the water on 11. What are you doing there, man? And, and You just can't do that. You caddy, can't make that mistake. His caddy was pouring him. Just, please, just aim left. Even if you hit it in the bunker like Max Homa did, it's not that bad. Just don't hit it in the water. Um and, and like I said, Max Homa, Max Homa hits it in the bunker conservatively, got it up and down, and I think that's when the, the tables really turned. Well, um, and, and he rolled in about a 10-footer for par and gave it that little half yeah. fist pump. You and, just knew he was going to win yeah. at that point. Yeah. But Max Homa after that was clutch as well. I mean, Homa all over the pin on 15, and Keegan makes bogey there. It's like once Keegan started reeling a little bit, it was he wasn't putting any pressure on Homa even after the mistakes he made, right? Yeah, and T-Dub, what about Rory McIlroy comes out? Uh, still no wins. Y'all ready for the stat of the day, by the way? Let me pull this up because I don't want to get this stat wrong. I saw it on Twitter yesterday from Kyle Porter, and, and it just really illustrated how hard it is to win on the PGA Tour, to win anywhere worldwide, really. So here's the stat. Since the start of 2021, Max Homa has three wins worldwide, right? Yep. He won at Riviera Genesis Invitational last year in a very high strength of field. Uh, he then won. He got the victory royale at the Fortnite Championship this past fall, and then now he's won this week at the Wells Fargo. Since the start of 2021, Max Homa has more worldwide wins than Rory, Rom, Spieth, JT, Bryson, DJ, Xander, and Brooks. Wow. Taylor, make it make sense. It, it, the only thing that makes sense about it is that golf's a hard game. And it, the hardest thing to golf is to do is be able to predict it. I mean, it's, you guys did a hell of a job this week with your picks. But generally, outside of that, I mean, how in the world are you supposed to figure out how the tournament's going to go? Because, like you said, you if you would have said that whenever, whenever Homa won at the Genesis, you would have said that would have been the stat. We all would have. You know, said you were an idiot. So there's, there's no way that's going to happen. There's no way. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll say something about this too. This is kind of diving a little deeper into it. It's, it's almost like that. We always talk about Tiger, right? In the sense of he always prepared for the major championship. Jack Nicklaus the same way. And I think a lot of these big game golfers are getting to that point, right, where they just want to get their game geared up for these major championships. And I think we're starting to see that in these regular tournaments, right? We all we talk about Brooks all the time with how he only shows up for the majors and doesn't really show up for regular events. And I think that's kind of going into almost every other player's game to this point, just not to the same extent that it was. You know, you, you look at the guys who are in the top of the FedEx Cup right now. You know, you got Scotty Scheffler, um, Cam Smith, Sam Burns, some of these other guys, names that we wouldn't have thought of. And, and when you think of just the, uh, you know, a year ago, when we think of just the top five best players in the game. So I think that has a lot to do with it, guys. I think more people are just starting to realize, think about legacy and that kind of stuff. So they want to win majors, and I think that has a lot to do with that at the end of the day, boys. Yeah, and going to Colby's stat real quick, Max Homa in his first 109 starts, one win. Last tw last 32 starts, three wins. That means in those first 109 starts, he had 50% of made cuts. Now in his last 32, he has 75% of made cuts. 
And his highest world rank in those first 109 starts was 68th. Now he's 29th in the world. Yeah, 29th in the world. He's one spot behind Will Zalatoris, one spot ahead of Kevin Kisner. Uh, also, fun little stat in the world rankings this week, Taylor Gooch is finally ahead of Patrick Reed, the uh, noted <laughs> villain of the PGA Tour. So congratulations. <laughs> the good Taylor guys Gooch always win. The good guys always win in the end. 34th in the world <laughs> for Taylor Gooch. No, what I was going to say is Max Homa, I feel like, really, when he got that first win at the Wells Fargo, that helped. But winning Riviera since then, the way he talked after Riviera, the way he's talked since then, the fact that he gave up his podcast because he felt like it was hurting him mentally going into weeks, just just diving over all the bad stuff. Because on the PGA Tour, if you're incredibly successful, you win once or twice a year. That means there's a bunch of weeks where you have to go in and talk about things not going your way. He didn't like doing that. He felt like it was weighing him down. I really feel like the mental side of the game, Taylor, is where Max Homa has advanced leaps and bounds. When I listen to him talk now, I just hear a guy who who's confident and who when he's all in that position on Sunday with a chance to close, he, he doesn't hope to do it. He expects to do it. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And you make a really good point, Cole, about him uh, not doing the podcast anymore because, you know, w- when you talk about things that are bothering you and you bring them into existence, they start to manifest more, right? It's almost like uh, it's almost like moth and, uh, you know, mold in that sense where it just you let it start to get a little bit of ground and then it just manifests all over the place. So then – you see things like, obviously, he still ended up winning the tournament. But a lot of people don't remember, Max missed a three-footer on 18 for Birdie to win the tournament outright um, that week. So, And he didn't end up beating Tony Fina in the playoff. That always helps when you're going against someone who's also known for not being able to get over the hump as well. So that had a little bit to do with it. But I- I'll say this, too, about Max looking back on how some of his confidence built in. You know, we alluded to it. He birdied 15, made the 10-footer or whatever it was, 15-footer. And then he, he had a really bad shot on 16. He had on the second shot. He had the tree in his way a little bit. He needed to draw a little bit of a wedge, but the problem was that he's out of the rough. It's hard to move the ball that much, so he short sides himself. I thought he actually made a really good bogey on 16. Phil, get out there after Keegan made a birdie. That was one of the numerous two shot swings of the day. But I think where Max won the tournament, guys, was his uh, tee shot on 17 because it looked to me like he pulled a little bit, but it still was able to fade back. It's about 33 feet. Was able to two putt from there. Keegan was luckily to not hit it in the water there. So he got out with a par. But at the same time, I didn't think there was any chance that Keegan was going to birdie 18 or that Homa was going to bogey 18. And we saw that Max hit, I believe, one of the longest drives, if not the longest drive of the day, 322 yards off the last hole and made pretty easy par. He actually didn't hit a very good second shot in there, but able to hit a good two putt. So, you know, once again, guys, I think that's alluded to, like you said, Kobe, he had the confidence and the, the demeanor to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go out and – you know, I've already done this three times now, so I'm going to go ahead and make it a fourth. And I think that this isn't the last time that we've seen a Max Homa uh, win a tournament for sure. And it's going to be interesting to see if he parlays this into just a couple more wins throughout his career or if he can get the double-digit wins on the PJ Tour. That's a, that's a lucrative group that not many people have been able to get into. T-Dub, I totally agree with your point on his shot on 17, like Brandel said last night on Golf Central, he goes, that's where you dream of putting it in that scenario, right? I mean, just 25 feet left of the hole, just right of the bunker, no problems are going to be had with that shot. And I thought I found it interesting. I don't know if you guys saw Taylor Gooch's Instagram last night, but he posted uh, a conversation uh, from, I think it was a DM that he had with Max Homa from earlier this week. And Max Homer responded to one of Taylor Gooch's stories from Instagram and said, I'm so jealous you're not playing this week on Monday. <laughs> and then Taylor Gooch said, I'm going to be super jealous when you win. That's awesome. And he goes out and wins. That's awesome. But I do I, – I well, do. TG got to avoid the cold and the rain, so uh, good call. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I if mean, they, it was a win-win for everybody. They look, Friday through Sunday, they looked miserable out there because you could see, like, the walking scorers and the fans in the background. They got on, like, parkas and beanies and winter gloves, and I'm like, oh, they're not having fun. Well, and, and I do want to talk about, since we did have Homa Fitzpatrick, even Cameron Young, Bradley – and McElroy up there, I do want to talk about their chances at Southern Hills, but I want to start with Bradley because it's not all negative with Keegan Bradley lately. He even said yesterday after he lost the tournament that he's playing the best golf of his career, 
And, I mean, he's won a major before, guys. And But, by you know, the way, big result for Keegan, even though he didn't win. We know how important top 50 in the world is. He moved from 64th to 44th yes. with his second-place finish. So it was a big week for Keegan, even without the win. Exactly. And I just want to go through some of his recent finishes. I mean, at the API, tied for 11th, players 5th. Now, he did miss a, miss a cut at the Valspar, but the, tech, um, but the uh, Valero Texas Open, he finished tied for 8th. Zurich? tied for fourth and Wells Fargo now tied for second so he's trending in the right direction to where he might have a chance to win another PGA yeah I don't know that I'm ready to go there with Keegan he's still showing the uh, the troubles to close but I want to talk about again winning is hard we talk about Max Homme he's got more worldwide wins than all these guys but major championships they're a little different Max Homme has played in 10 major championships in his career in those 10, he's made three cuts. His best finish was at the Open Championship last summer when Colin Morikawa won. He finished T40. That's his best finish in a major championship. Taylor, Max Holm is a winner. He's got confidence in himself. But for whatever reason, that hasn't translated to majors yet. Do you think we're closer to seeing him start to be a guy that we can see? I, I don't know, just a top 15, a top 20-something in a major championship. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see that sooner rather than later, honestly. It's just it's just the growing pains, right? Because there's so much difference between going from Corn Ferry to PJ Tour, and then you go from PJ Tour to major championships, and it's just like it's such a culture shock to you at that point. So yeah, I think that, that these things will start to come, guys. I, I I'm not going to say you know we're not going to hoist the one maker at Southern. I don't think that's going to be the case. But at the same time, I think that you start to build that confidence, you build some wins, you get these things going, and then all of a sudden the the momentum starts to build there. Then you can have, you know, let's just say he gets top 20 at Southern. Then all of a sudden that could build momentum into the U.S. Open. And so I think that it's just all a gradual snowball effect. But I do think we're on the, the downward slide of the snowball getting fairly big. Like I said, not at the point to where we're going to take him to be a, a favorite in these major championships. But definitely a guy you expect to make the cut and potentially have uh, top five, top ten aspirations. You know, pretty good uh, drafting pick and all of it. Let me ask you guys this question. Let's take Scheffler out of the multiple winners on the PGA Tour this year. Okay. Homa, Burns, Cameron Smith, or Hideki Matsuyama at Southern Hills? Who finishes the best? Oh, I thought you were going to say which one's had the best season. Which one finishes the best at Southern? Uh, Tyler, you go first. I can't decide off the top of my head. All right, so, so read them off for me one more time. Homa, we got Burns, Cam Smith. Homa, Burns, Cam Smith, and Hideki. The, the two-time winners on the PGA Tour so far this year. Obviously, Scheffler has four wins, but we're, we're throwing him out of this debate. You know, I, I, I would want to go with our boy Cam Smith, one of the best iron players in the world, but just I, I think I have a little bit of stain in me for those last few holes at Augusta and the, the swings that I saw down the stretch. So if I'm about to go, I'm probably going to go with Hideki. That, that's just, you know, there's a few few players I can think of that may suit Southern better, but Hideki's got to be in the top five, right? When you talk about iron play, and then all-around driving, short-game putting, and all that. So I'll probably have to go with Hideki, boys. Yeah, so if I knew Hideki was 100% healthy – I think I would go with Hideki because I agree with you, Taylor. I think Southern fits him really well. Perry Maxwell, green complexes, all that good stuff. It's bent. It's sub-air system. That same thing at Augusta where he won. I just I don't know if he's 100% healthy with that neck. I hope he is. It's projected to be warm next week, so that's going to be good for guys like Hideki, guys like Tiger, guys who need it to be warm so their bodies can stay loose. Um, boy, I'd be between Hideki and Cam. Um, really? Yeah, I think I'd be between Hideki and Cam. I just because I'm not 100 percent sure on Hideki's health, and I worry he could, you know, WD on a Wednesday or just be fighting the pain and not uh, not play his best. I think I'll go Cam and hope that he doesn't have too much scar tissue from what happened down the stretch at the Masters. I would go Homa, really, based on recent form, and I would also go Homa based on the fact that if he is in contention. This man closes. He has no fear under pressure, it seems like. I, I can't remember a time seeing him just completely choke. And he is one of the best iron players on the PGA Tour. And he's also just such a clutch putter under pressure. And by the way, he's sneaky long off the tee. I mean, Max Homa has come so far from just being the funny guy on Twitter Give Max Homa a legitimate chance to finish top five at Southern Hills. Yeah, you know me. I'm always the I want to see it once before I believe it guy. What were you going to say, Taylor? I was just going to say it's just true that we're not we're not giving any love to our boy Sam Burns. We didn't even think about considering him. 
Uh, by the way, top 10 player in the world, Sam Burns. Yeah. Now, not the highest ranked player on that list. Cameron Smith is the fourth ranked player in the world. Hideki is right there at number 13. It's and a heck Max of Holm a question. I think if it you really did is. a tier list, you know, starting from the top with like Scheffler and, you know, Rom or whoever else you want to put on tier one, I think that Homa, Burns, Cam Smith, and Hideki would all be on their same little tier. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure where that tier would be in relation to like the JTs and Rory's and Spees of the world, but be below I mean, it's a major championship, me. and it's the PGA, which is the strongest field every year. So obviously, like you said, tier one would be like Scheffler and Morikawa and Tiger and those guys. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Before we go talk to our good man, Woody, uh, I want to remind everybody, go see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. They will get you taken care of. I'm probably headed that way pretty soon myself. My wife just got me switched over to dental on the plan. Oh. So I'm probably going to see our good friends at Ring Family Dentistry. Go do that where they can take care of everything. Implants, clear liner, orthodontics, and they let you make the decisions. They will explain their opinion, but if they can't show why treatment is needed, they won't prescribe it. They'll answer any questions you have and ultimately leave all decisions up to you, the patient. Go see them at Ring Family Dentistry. A lot more golf to talk on the other side. We've got high school golf. Y'all were out watching the 6A Girl State Championship Mm -hmm. uh, last week. Our man Woody works with the winner. Woody Riley, was out there too. Riley Roberts from Ebon North. We'll talk to him about the golf that he saw last week. Some of the sites for the state championship. Junior Masters. Scotty Scheffler was at Southern. We've got regionals starting this week on the women's side. So much happening in the game of golf in the state of Oklahoma. Stay with us as we keep it rolling here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. That's where you can head to read about Scotty Scheffler's 64 in his practice round that he played with. Guess who? Shocker, Ryan Palmer. Ryan Palmer, by the way, just uh, <laughs> hanging on to those coattails, those number one players in the world. <laughs> Smart man. Smart man. Yes, he is. I wanted, Palmer probably tried to scramble on Scheffler's ball, if, yeah. if I had to guess. <laughs> Scheffler probably played his own ball, and then Palmer was scrambling. Yeah. So, uh, Woody, Max Homa gets yep. it done. I don't think you heard my, uh, my stat earlier, so let me throw my stat of the day out at you again. Max Homa, worldwide since the start of 2021, has three wins. That is more than Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele, and Brooks Kepka. Woody, winning is hard, and Max Homa has gotten pretty, pretty good at it. Well, winning is hard, uh, and, and you guys have all played golf. You know it, it is really, really difficult to win, especially at that level. But what it shows over and over again is confidence is king. If if you believe in yourself, everything else doesn't matter. It really doesn't. In golf, more than anything in the world, we talk about it all the time on this podcast, even though it looked like this guy was not all that, he is all that. And with every time he wins, he becomes more of all that. And uh, he, he made some statements that will flat show you how confident he is in himself now. He used to worry about what he could finish or if he could finish. And he always used to say, heck, I can't even win out here. I can barely make cuts. Well, now you listen to a guy talk that he's got so much confidence in his game and is in himself. And he's so, his demeanor has changed so much that 
he's going to be around for a while, I still believe. And he's got a great teacher in the fact that his teacher's not trying to retool and rewrite the swing. He talks to him mostly about his confidence, and they just work on his basics. And good for Blackburn for doing that because that's what gets guys into more trouble than anything else is they start thinking, well, I can even be better. Well, Max Homa's already good. He don't need to get a lot better, I'll tell you that. Woody, I brought up something that Taylor Gooch posted on Instagram before the break, and I'm going to get your thoughts since you played on tour, and you can kind of relate to this a little bit. He was talking with Max Homa on Monday, and Max Homa said, I am so jealous that you're not playing this week to Taylor Gooch. And Taylor Gooch said, I'm going to be super jealous when you win, and that's why Taylor posted that and said, I'm super jealous. Now, um, Woody, talk a little bit about the fact of these guys – What's the line between being tired and sometimes it pays to play, right? Even when you don't want to. Well, I, I think when you're on a roll, and it's obvious Max is on a roll, there's a fine line of when you can play yourself into just not playing good. And I think he's got enough where for all and confidence in himself that he'll know that. And he's. And you can tell what he's trying to build up to do now is be prepared for that PGA because mm-hmm. what's the next step in his career? Winning he's not major. played majors. He's yep. not played majors very well. Believe it or not, he's not. And uh, so he knows as a golfer, if he's really going to be respected and he's really going to be a pick for a Ryder Cup and a President's Cup, that major, if not winning, contending, be in that hunt on the final day and get up there where you might get a win, but if you don't, you're in that last nine holes battling out. Uh, Davis Love or whoever our captain will be on the Ryder Cup team, uh, it's uh, Zach Johnson, isn't it? Um, They're going to pick him. They're going to pick him especially. uh, They probably should pick him already, even if he doesn't qualify. I think he's going to qualify, but if they don't pick him, they're fools. And, you know, the last thing I'll say about about Homa guys is that Probably one of the more underrated traits that he has that he's grown into is being able to be confident and believe in yourself without being an asshole. And oh, I, I think, and I, I think that a lot of times you can see that where people are cocky and they believe in themselves, but they're rude to everyone around them, and they're they don't create many relationships and lasting friendships and that kind of thing. And Max has been able to get to a point to where he's still as likable as he was when he came out and had his podcast, right, guys? And mm-hmm. so now he's just been able to translate that confidence into just being able to better himself as opposed to bettering himself at the detriment of other people in his friendship. So I think that's kind of an underrated trait that Max has been able to grow over these last couple of months. I think part of that, T-Dove, I agree with you, but I also think that guys just need to be themselves. They play their best when they're themselves. Now, Tiger, you know, when he is himself, is very quiet and to himself. Now, Max Homa plays better, more like a Lee Trevino when he's talking, when he's you know, happy-go-lucky, I think that's part of it as well. Um, And that kind of leads me into my next question for Woody. We talked about it before the break. Woody, I want to ask you this. Of the multiple winners on the PGA Tour this season, let's throw Scheffler out, who has four. Of the other guys who all have two, Homa, Burns, Cameron Smith, and Hideki Matsuyama, who do you think finishes the best at Southern Hills? Well, and great question right there. Sam, and that, that's a crap shoot of who we say. I think it might be Homa. Uh, Homa. The reason why I say that is he's gearing up towards that. The others, uh, well, they've Hodeki's uh, already won a master, so he's won a major. I think he just has got a lot of thoughts in his mind about playing good at a, ma- at a major, and I hope he doesn't put too much pressure on himself. I think if he goes out, like you said, keeps that smiling attitude and just goes out and plays this game, I think Southern Hill sets up good for him. He drives the ball beautifully. He's a great driver of the golf ball. He's turned into being a pretty doggone good putter, hasn't he? So mm-hmm. uh, he, he would be somebody to think about because we all have played Southern Hills. You, you really do need to drive the ball in the fairway there, even if it wasn't a major. So, yep. um, I, I'm going to go out on that proverbial limb, as we call it, and I'm going to say he's going to be the low of those four. 
Yeah, I, I, I like agreed it. with you. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Woody, Southern Hills, you mentioned Scotty Scheffler rolls through the other day with Ryan Palmer. We talked about it. 64 for Scotty Scheffler in the practice <laughs> round. Uh, Taylor, you you talking about this earlier. I mean, Scotty Scheffler, he's talked about Southern. It's his favorite course. He loves Southern Hills. He comes up 64 in the practice round. Look, it's hard to back up a major victory with another major victory, but... I mean, how confident does this guy have to be going in right now, just kind of feeling like everything's coming up, Scotty, in 2022? Well, and, and you mentioned it. Um, we saw it after the Masters, right? Whenever they asked him pretty much what his favorite course was, and he said Southern Hills. So, <laughs> all of a sudden, you, you, get, you get the best player in the world playing the best that he ever has in his life on his favorite golf course. I mean, it's literally the perfect recipe for success, and I mean, I understand, like we talked about, it is so hard to defend major championships. There's a very select amount of people that have won back-to-back majors. And I'll be honest with you, though, guys, I, it's going to be hard to think that anyone else is going to be able to beat him with, with what we're seeing. I mean, it just seems like this momentum train that he's on, he just can't hop off of it no matter what he does. And, you know, we talked about this so many times, but whenever you get on these runs of momentum, you've just got to make sure that you can keep your head going and that you gain all the momentum and cash that you can while you're on it. And Scotty's just on it. So, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, unless I hear about a, a tweak in his back or something like that, it's going to be almost impossible for me not to pick Sheffler at Southern Bush. I'll take the field right now if you want a pizza on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if I get Scotty and Tiger, I might think about it, but not, uh, not just Scott. <laughs> no, but I think – you're right. It, it does set up so perfect for Scotty Scheffler, almost so perfect that I'm scared to pick him because it's one of those situations where it sets up so perfect that it sets up for a huge letdown, Woody. Do you agree? Well, it's tough. It is really tough, I, even though all those factors, as you guys were saying, all those factors look awful strong for picking him, but I'm with you, uh, I'd take the field against anybody on the PGA Tour now. So um, it'll be an interesting week, but I'm going to kind of be a black cloud, and I'm going to go with you, Sam. I don't see him winning. I don't. I just don't think he's going to do it. But I've been wrong so many times, don't even count. Look, I'm not saying he's going to play terrible or anything. <laughs> I think he'll be up there in contention. I just, you know, law of average says to not pick him. Right. The only thing right now that makes me think he won't win at Southern is that he won at Augusta. Yes, I, mean, I agree. I mean, seriously, because it's so, <laughs> there you hard, go. it's so hard to win the Masters and then tee it up in your next event and win again. I mean, look at the Masters champions that we've had. Dustin Johnson wins in 2020. Doesn't win again after that for a long time. Hideki Matsuyama wins, and then it takes him until the fall to win again at the Zozo course than he won at the Sony. So I guess yeah. I guess Hideki was able to keep hoisting trophies after he won at the Masters, but it's just really hard to win the Masters, tee it up in a major, and immediately win again. And another thing that worries me, I mean, Tiger Woods did it, but that's about the only guy that I can remember where you hear about some great practice round that he's had, right. and then he comes out and just blitzes the field in the tournament. It seems like Anytime a guy shoots whatever, a 60, a 64, a 59 in a practice round, and you all hear about it, it never turns out well in the tournament. By the way, I got a little distracted here, so we're going to go ahead and pivot. <laughs> the the 6A state championship, boys state championship, is being played at Jimmy Austin uh-huh. right now, which, by the way, hosting the regional next week. Get down there. Get up to uh, Carson Creek yep. uh, this week for the OSU Women's Regional. I'll be down in Ardmore tomorrow to watch uh, Ryder Cowan as Guys, well. I got on Golf Oklahoma a second ago to check out what's going on. The 6A state championship at Jimmy Austin is being live-streamed. It's being live-streamed really? by a company who's essentially doing it. They're broadcasting it for free as a trial run for kind of this stuff that they're doing. Sam, look at this. I'm watching the 18th green at Jimmy Austin right now. I'm watching these kids putt. Is it just the 18th green? At the 6A green, State Championship, it is not just the 18th green. Really? We, we have so wow. much access over here. Let's uh, let's go back. We've got 18th uh, T fairway, green camera. Same thing on about eight other holes. And we've got mobile cameras. We've got mobile cameras following the leaders around. Taylor, we've talked for so long about, oh my gosh, I just wish we could watch this stuff. I'm sitting here watching the 6A State Championship. How cool is this? Uh, I, I feel like that we have officially entered the parallel universe that I have talked about so often. I don't believe it. I mean, I'm doing the same thing, Colby. I'm sitting here looking at it, and I'm 
I'm at a loss for words. I mean, I, and either we're in the parallel universe or we skip like 50 years into the future. So it's like 2072 and not 2022. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm like you, probably. I don't even know what to say right now. I, I'm so shocked that yet. This is so great. It's so happy. You I, know, just, I, I feel so bad. I, I was just going to say, I feel bad for these boys, though, because they might get blown away after they hit about four or five shots because this wind is serious. You know why? It's you blown. know why they did this, Colby? <laughs> why? It's because we shook up the planet last year. It's Forest Ridge. <laughs> You're right. That's why they did it. They're like, let's get a live stream so those bums from the 73rd yeah, so, hole hey, You guys here. aren't allowed to do this. Right, yeah. Um, by the way, just if you haven't seen Jimmy Austin, just go watch Jimmy Austin. Yeah. Go, go to GolfOklahoma.org. We, we, we can't tell you enough. Keep going to Golf Oklahoma. They keep putting out good content like this live stream of the 6A Boys State Championship. Watching these guys play Jimmy Austin is really, really cool. Uh, guys, y'all were down at the 6A Girls State Championship at Lincoln Park last week. And Woody, if I'm not mistaken, you work with the uh, individual state champion Riley Roberts from Edmond North? I do, and and God love Sam and Taylor that they were out there on that day, because that day was not pretty, guys. It was it was ugly out there. It was cold. It was kind of mist and rain. I felt like I was in Scotland almost, but uh, Riley Roberts is a little girl. She's not a little girl anymore. When I first saw her and first <laughs> met her, <laughs> uh, I, saw her, I saw her swing a golf club when she was about 10 or 11 years old, and I remember saying to her dad, Ronnie, I said, Ronnie, please let's not mess this up this is this is so good and then butch Harmon confirmed it for me when i showed him film of it uh, she is one of those girls that it, it's kind of like what hero hito said when they bombed pearl harbor and they didn't wipe us out he says all we've done is wake a sleeping giant <laughs> and when she won that golf tournament uh, she went up to Southern Hills this weekend, shot 71, a little future master's little golf tournament that there was about 10 uh, high school kids going. And I think it's, it's going to open up some floodgates. I very rarely will say it, and I don't say it very often, but I think this girl has the talent to play on the LPGA one day. And that is, that's a bold statement, but she just does things that you don't normally see and i always say that this is god-given talent this is beyond practicing and working hard at your game or anything else there's certain players that i believe god reaches down and touches and they're at the pro level most of them if they don't have something go crazy in their life which we all know golf is such a crazy deal you never know but I truly believe the future for this little girl is unlimited. Watch that name. I'm telling you, watch that name. She's not done. She. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if she wins three state titles. It wouldn't surprise me if she goes on to college and wins an NCAA championship and then gets to the LPGA Tour. That's how confident I am in this little girl. Woody, I couldn't agree more. Her action is so beautiful to watch. She's so naturally gifted. I, I asked you, I said, where did those fundamentals come from? What do you, you guys been working hard on that? And you go, no, she had that, uh, which was really, really interesting to hear. But Woody, what impressed me the most about Riley Roberts' final round was obviously she has the talent and obviously she's just a sophomore and the tough conditions on that front nine, she shoots six over and bogeys four through nine, Colby, and somehow rights the ship and still wins the state championship. That impressed me more than anything that on a bad day, she still got the job done. Yeah, it's incredibly impressive. Why don't we listen to a couple of minutes uh, of Riley talking. Cameron Jordan from the Oklahoman and Sam Yu were out there talking to her. Uh, and we just kind of wanted to hear from her as the 6A state champ after her great performance at Lincoln Park last week. Here's Riley Roberts. How, how tough was it out there early on today? Was it hard to kind of get settled into the round and get going? Yeah, the front line was difficult and harder for me than usual. I had a bunch of bogeys on the front nine. I just wasn't really in a groove, which sucked. But the back nine was better. So. What, what helped you get settled in? Um, I don't know. I just kind of thought to myself, like, if I'm going to win this thing or have a chance for my team to win it, I need to start playing better now. And I kind of said that to myself on 10, which was a little late. But I started playing better, so... <laughs> How does it feel as a sophomore to just become the third individual state champion on the girls' side from Edmond North? It's exciting. I didn't think it would happen, but it did. (laughs) 
What is uh, Woody and your dad meant to you growing up just through the game of golf? Oh gosh, yeah. Woody has been there for like forever. He was always he's the best guy ever. I love him. And it meant a lot that he was there today. And then, yeah, my dad has always been my biggest supporter and my biggest fan. So, yeah. How much did you learn from Haley last year? Kind of, I know she won the individual title last year. How much did you learn from her that you maybe could have taken into this year? She just always kept her cool and just stayed calm under pressure, and I tried to do that too. So, Woody kind of described you as a bulldog mentality yeah. out there, and I know you had the rough stretch like four through nine there. How'd you kind of write the ship coming down the stretch, and how much of that was mental toughness? On uh, the last front nine? Uh, on the back nine. Oh, on the I, back I, just nine. the tough, after the tough stretch on the front. Yeah, I was just like, I, I need to start playing better, and I was like, I'm not gonna like ruin it, have a chance to ruin it. I was like, I want to win it. So I was, I started playing better, which it paid off. It was just a lot of mental stuff. Yeah. So. What has Coach Boyd meant to you throughout, you know, the last couple of years? Oh, he's always the last, last year and this year. Yeah, he's been great. He, um, he's just really good at keeping me feeling good and like telling me it's going to be okay. You can, you can do it. So he was a good part today that helped me. So. Awesome. Yeah. Good. How, how does it feel to be a state champion? It's exciting. I didn't think it happened this year, but it did, and I hope it, I hope to do it the next two years. So, yeah. Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank congrats. You Thank you. Woody, you were described in that clip as, quote-unquote, the best guy ever. How's that feel uh, <laughs> hearing her say that? Well, you know, any time a girl says that about me, I'm pretty excited because that doesn't happen very often. Uh, but, you know, she's such a joy to work with, guys, because – what little we do with her, literally little we do with her, she's so ready to listen and will stop and pay attention, which most high school kids tend to float off on me when I talk to them. So do my podcast crew. Uh, but <laughs> she is really, really that kind of, you know, it's not just her golf swing. It's her attitude. It's everything about this girl but more than anything it's her heart and her gut that i like the most she is like i said to sam a bulldog she doesn't come across that way but she wants to win she wants to play well and when it doesn't go so well you very seldom see her get her head way down Uh, she was a little 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 down after she made that front nine turn but i still had faith in her and I'll always have faith in her because she's just got that ability in a golfer. And it's not rare. It's rare that you see it, that she never gives up. She does not quit. And that is big because she made, Sam and I watched it. She made two, well, no, she made about three or four really good bogey putts the front nine just to keep that round from getting really ugly. And, and Sam, you, I think you'd agree with me. That front nine could have gotten really, really ugly, and she just yes. held together. Absolutely. I thought she was just a little tentative and, and obviously got it back yes. together on the back nine. Um, another big story from this tournament was the fact that Jinx Colby won by 24 shots. Um, let's go ahead and hear from uh, Coach Hughes uh, in that interview. Yeah, this, is, for this is a little shorter here. This is about a uh, minute 15 or so. Uh, yeah, 24-shot victory. Uh, and here's Coach Hughes talking about it afterward. Okay, I'm back here on the 73rd hole with Coach Hughes of Jinx, and they just won the 6A girls state title. And Coach Hughes, I think that's really impressive considering you guys shot your lowest score of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. And you also had your three, four, and five bag all better their scores from yesterday. It's pretty hard to beat when you enter the day with the lead. Um, uh, just tell me everything that you felt with your girls today. Well, you know, um, this morning, you know, it was kind of kind of uh, nerve-wracking trying to figure out where we're going to get to play, you know, even though we were in the lead. And, I, you know, and we sat right in here in this very room, and these girls were so excited. They were like, Coach, we want to play. And I said, yes, absolutely. We want to get out there and play and win. And, you know, we just uh, – we just uh, kind of just went in more relaxed today. You know, we looked at it as just like two one-day tournaments, and um, I think everybody was more relaxed. And uh, these, this is a very, very, very special group of girls. Um, you know, it's hard to go undefeated, and we just went 10-0. and 0. And I'll tell you, it is, it is the best feeling, but it's all because of... Uh, 
my J, my JV bunch pushing these girls, you know, day in, day out in practice, um, just playing every single day, playing their hearts out. So it's just super exciting. Taylor, let me ask you this. You obviously had a prolific high school career, two state championships, junior year, senior year. You were out there at Lincoln uh, last week. Do you get a little nostalgic watching the high, high school kids play, knowing that, you know, high school golf is just such a fun time in your life? Yeah, it's something that you really can't replicate. One thing I noticed from being out there for just a little bit was that, man, we had to play in some of the worst weather imaginable. I mean, and those, those poor little girls had to do the same thing. You know, it was playing – the course was playing so long. It was so wet and cold. You know, I saw a lot of uh, fairway woods, a lot of long irons. And the thing I was mainly t- taken back from was just how straight all these ladies hit it. I mean, you could you could make the fairways an eighth of as wide as they are now, and they'd still hit them. And it's just preposterous to me because it's hard for me to find a fairway if I have a compass. So it's it's just unique to see that, you know, that the ball just doesn't get offline in a lot. And most of the ladies had such really good putting strokes as well. So it just seems like the growth of the game is really what, has taken me away. Even, even since we were playing, you know, it's only been, what, 11 years since, since I was in high school. But nevertheless, I just think that the talent has just grown so much on the boys and girls side, guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm watching these guys right now on the 6A, and every single one of them that comes through, swings are just absolutely pure. Uh, and shout-out to Lincoln Park, by the way, for hosting that event and for getting all the golf in because, like you said, that was kind of a miserable day. ton of rain that morning. Taylor, there was standing water everywhere. Dude, they – uh, they didn't cancel like Forest Ridge did. And it was 80 times wetter than it was up there. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, true. Was, Sam was posting some videos. I it's mean, true. there was there was a bunch of standing water. But they were able to play. Live clean in place. You know, do what you can. Get the tournament in uh, and let them play their state championship. So that was great. Also, we need to show some love to Jenny Roller, one of the best amateurs in the state. Goes down to Lake Murray Golf Course down in uh, Plainview. Or- yeah. It's Plainview, yes. Plainview, Ardmore, yeah, that yep. area down there. And fires a little 10 under in day one. Eight birdies, an eagle, no bogeys. That's not a bad round of golf. Follows it up with an wow. eagle par round, wins the state championship. That's not it. Then she goes to Southern Hills, the Junior Masters. We've talked a little bit about the Junior Masters. She just goes ahead and follows up a state championship with a Junior Masters at Southern Hills in the same week. Woody, eight birdies and an eagle. I don't care what golf course you're playing. Eight birdies, an eagle, and no bogeys. That is a really fun 18 holes with which I am not familiar. <laughs> well, most of us aren't. So, uh, and, and to think these are high school kids. And that, that's what's just so impressive to me. And that just the little I watched, you know, like you said, most of them are just straight as a string. They're, they're, they're very consistent with their games. They're, uh, they're a little more deliberate than I was when I played high school golf, but that's part of television and how they get that way. But yeah, I, I read that same article where she shoots 62 and I went, excuse me, uh, 60 what? And so they're just not afraid to go low anymore. Nobody, nobody's afraid of shooting uh, 59, 58s, whatever it might be. They all want to try to do it. So uh, kudos to her and uh, all those high school kids that they're working hard on their games and they're getting better. And and the ones that are winning are better lag putters. <laughs> it, absolutely. And, uh, you know, on the boys' side of that Oklahoma Junior Masters, guys, Ryder Cowan birdied two out of his last three holes uh, to shoot an even par 70 and take home the title there. Uh, Bo Burton of Edmund North uh, shot a 71. Uh, I'm looking through here. Um, there was uh, Bryant Polehill shot a 72. Josh Stewart shot a 73. Uh, ben, ben Stoller, how could I forget, shot a 71. I'm looking at this leaderboard that was posted uh, just out there at Southern Hills. Really, really solid play from those guys to just go out to Southern Hills and go out and shoot even par. With and they, the grandstands up? With the grandstands I mean, up. Yeah. I mean, just a really, really impressive play uh, from those guys. And I'm excited to go watch Ryder this week uh, down at a little easier golf course uh, down at Lakeview in Ardmore. Yeah, and Taylor, you know, you played Southern Hills uh, as an amateur in the state am back in, what, 2010, 2011 probably. And such a cool experience for a junior to get to play that course in competition, but then to get to play it the week before a major championship, two weeks before a major championship with the grandstands up, I mean, that's really special and something that these kids will always remember. And, and for, for our man Ryder to be able to, to do all that and to win the tournament, I mean, that, that just yeah. is such an extra cherry on top of it. And I mean, that kid, you know, we talk about kids that are going to be special. That kid's going to be special. I mean, we got to watch out for him. I think he's going to have 
a very similar impact when he goes to OU that uh, Andrew Goodman had this year, just going to come in and play right away. I think the kid has that amount of talent. Yeah, it's, it's just special to see just going on to Woody's point in the sense of, you know, these kids just aren't scared to go low anymore. And it's fair to see that. I mean, you shoot 70 in Southern Hills. I, I don't care if you're playing the purple keys and hitting and getting the chip beside the green. I mean, it's just truly stellar golf. And it, it's great to see, especially whenever the, the, the high school talent is so great around the country. It's definitely great in this state of Oklahoma. It truly is. And guys, like Colby mentioned, they're playing out at Jimmy Austin this week. I bet that course is playing pretty tough because they have regionals there next week. And you will be able to see the number one player in the country and the number one team in the country. Right now, Chris Goderup on Golfstat is the number one player in college golf. Unfortunately, the Ben Hogan Award finalists came out, and it was Sam Bennett of A&M, Ludwig Aberg of Texas Tech, and Eugenio Lopez Chicara, which is great, from OSU. I think that Ludwig Aberg probably got the nod over Chris Goderup just based on the fact that he won the Big 12s. Man, yeah, and that's tough because Goderup was close. He was right there. He's had a great season, though. Started the season outside the top 60 PGA Tour U. He's up to ninth. So a big performance at regionals, a big performance at nationals. You just never. Uh, pardon me, you just never know what's going to happen there with that. By the way, the uh, Boys State Championships, you mentioned 6A. Yes. Is it Jimmy Austin? 5A is down at Duncan Golf and Country Club this week. Boiling Springs is hosting 4A. Of course, it's starting to get a lot of pub uh, out in Woodward. Golfer's Journal was out there uh, last week sending out a bunch of pictures. That place is really starting to blow up. They've put a bunch of money in it uh, and kind of turned it into a destination spot here in Oklahoma. Lakeview, you mentioned 3A uh, is down there. Ryder Cowan playing down at Lakeview in Ardmore. Good little track down there and then Buffalo Rock and Cushing hosting the 2A Boys State Championship so if you have a chance go out watch some great golf Uh, and like you mentioned Jimmy Austin you can definitely see some rough and stuff on these live streams so that's going to be a lot of fun down there at Jimmy Uh, All right, fellas Oklahoma State Regional Women's hosting today through Wednesday. I'll be out there on Wednesday. Uh, We're going to do a show Wednesday. Should have a big guest. Uh, So we'll tease that on Twitter and Instagram these next couple days uh, as we get that finalized and make sure we're good to go there. So everybody get out to Karsten Creek if you are able these next couple of days. Support one of the one seeds on the women's side, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. Lost their two best players, still managed to get a one seed and host the regional. Of course, lost their two best players to the transfer portal. Uh, Everybody, go to Green. GrooveItBrush.com right now. GrooveItBrush.com. Groove It, the wet club scrub. Quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. You uh, you hook it to your bag. It magnets on. There's water in it. You put that on the club face. Wipe that off. GrooveItBrush.com. Make sure you use our promo code 73rd hole on the Groove It Brush. This is a must-have. One more thing. By the way, I use my Groove It Brush this past you know, yesterday when I played golf, it is amazing. You know, I, I was it, able to use mine for the first time it, a few weeks ago. It's a game changer. It actually works. It it's, actually it's a is a big-time game changer. But one more thing on that women's regional, I do want to mention that TU does have an individual, Lily Thomas, playing in that tournament. That's and TU women. TU women, yeah. <laughs> TU men. <laughs> Not uh, the men. R.I.P. No, no. Uh, but Jenny Roller will be going to TU. Fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, legacy, they're going to have right? a heck of a team. I believe she's a legacy. I believe we talked about that last year with yep. Jenny Roller and her mom being at Tulsa. Yeah. I, and, I, I well, Maggie, I'm not misquoting that. Well, but Maggie Roller, you know, she's a big-time teaching professional out at Cedar Ridge. And, yeah. you know, great great person. I've walked some 18 holes with her watching Jenny. Uh, you know, couldn't be happier for them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, guys, we saved the fun stuff for the end. Our guys. Our guys. Sergio and Phil. Let's start with Sergio. <laughs> Because Sergio was at the Wells Fargo Championship this week. Sergio, you know, golf's hard. So Sergio hits it into some waist high, just gunch nonsense. And basically what happened is the rules official was on the other side of this this stuff. Sergio's ball, if you didn't see it, was on the other side of what Sergio calls a river. Right, which was a creek. (laughs) So he was looking for a way to get across the creek. The rules official thought he had already started looking for his ball because the rules official was on the other side. So by the time they get where they're going, Sergio ends up finding the ball, but the rules official tells him that his time has expired. It was essentially just miscommunication. Rules official thought he had already started looking. He hasn't. Sergio, who is not well known for keeping his emotions in check on the (laughs) golf course, uh, will remember in 2019 whenever he was disqualified from uh, the Saudi International for just going berserk on a bunker and intentionally damaging putting surfaces. He he just – 
he struggled to keep his emotions in check a little bit. This wasn't the most controversial thing of the whole thing. Yeah, no, it really wasn't. So, Sergio proceeds to tell this particular rules official, <laughs> I can't wait to get off this tour. A few more weeks, and I don't have to deal with you anymore. And I just... <laughs> I don't know where we well, – what do we do with this, Taylor? What do we do with this little Sergio tantrum? I mean, he's obviously telling us that he's going to live, but did he really think that lost ball just berating a rules official was the time to make the announcement? My question here, guys, is this is the second time that we've had a situation like this, right? We had Charlie Hoffman go to social media during the waste management, so my question is, what rules are they going to have on the live golf tour? I mean, what, what are they going to do? Are they just going to let players do whatever the hell they want? And if you have a rules official come out, it's going to be, oh, no, you're right, buddy. Go ahead and do it. Move your ball 50 yards closer. So that's the main thing I'm taking from this is like, like this, the live just apparently this player's paradise for golf rules. I just want to know what it's going to be like. Yeah. I want to play golf by those rules of we're going to have two sets of rules, Woody. We're going to have the rules of golf and the rules of live golf. And I guess you can just pick whichever ones you want. I don't know, Woody. What would you make of Sergio throwing his little tantrum? Oh, you know, we've seen it, like you said. We've seen Sergio at his finest on a number of times. But um, I think this this is a perfect example of these guys are, are, are banking on this live tour. And they're – that uh, I think you're going to see more Europeans play it than you are Americans at the, at the start of it. Um, I just hope like heck it works for those guys because let me tell you something. I know they can't keep them back off our tour, even if, if Jay Monahan suspends them or boots them, but I'm not going to be a big fan of these guys when that thing folds and them coming back and going, well, yeah, I think I'll go play the PGA tour now. Well, you know, it, it, you got to be careful. I mean, I'm I'm sorry, and and Phil stepped on himself. Serge done it. Um, there's a lot of guys who'll probably go, but let's just see what happens. Okay. Let's be fair to Sergio for one second. I do think the rules official was wrong in this scenario, Colby. He was. The tour he came was. out and said he was he wrong. Very okay. Wrong. Very yes. wrong. Okay, and then, but now let's get to the whole point of, you know, we're finally seeing. Like I had said for many weeks, you're going to see these older guys, 40 to 50-year-old guys, try to get that last final payday, and they yeah. don't really care, and they're fed up with all the little things they hated about the PGA Tour. I don't necessarily think that they think there's not going to be any rules on the live. I think that you know they just know they're going over there and don't want to deal with these people anymore, and they're you know just ready to get this payday. That's just where they're coming from. Yeah, Sergio's at about $55 million career earnings, roughly, on the PGA Tour. Now, Lee Westwood, I actually had just a little bit of respect for Lee Westwood last week because a lot of guys have come out and talk about growing the game and stuff as a reason for going over there. Lee Westwood came out last week, and he said, look, at this stage in your career, if you get a chance to make this kind of money, you've got to consider it. I'm like, finally, can you just tell the truth? Yeah. Tell the truth. Yeah. They're offering you a bunch of money. You're 50 years old. You're never going to make that money the rest of your life. Okay, I'm going to go play six golf tournaments, and I'm going to make a boatload of money. Tell the truth. Yeah. You know I mean, who else is telling the truth? Who's that? Alan Shipnuck. Alan Shipnuck is telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if you, you saw this too, Woody. Phil Mickelson is a known gambler. Like, everybody's kind of talked about it. Phil loves to gamble. The stories about him on Tuesday <laughs> practice rounds are legendary. The amount of money that he would play for. Now, one thing about gambling, kind of like golf, winning is hard. And mm, apparently, yeah. Phil did not really quite master how to win at gambling the way he did at golf. Reportedly, $40 million in losses from 2010 to 2014. And these are not like, hey, my buddy said this guy lost $40 million. These are documents, financial documents, that had to be turned over and reviewed whenever his insider trading case uh, happened that he ended up having to pay some fines for. So $40 million in gambling losses. But what I found particularly interesting... Uh, and Taylor, I know that this part of the story would have piqued your interest a ton, was that apparently Bones fired Phil in 2017. <laughs> That's beautiful. Because, because Phil owed him hundreds of thousands of dollars in back pay. <laughs> Taylor, 
I, my head is spinning. Phil has, has made about $50 million a year between on and off course for the last 15 or 20 years, and we're hundreds of thousands of dollars behind paying one of the greatest caddies of all time. And make it clear one more time, Colby, that $40 million was just between yes. 2010 yes. and 2014. So, so, so if you want to extrapolate that out, he's losing roughly $10 million a year gambling. Yeah. And that's just, it's absolutely insane. But, but Taylor, we're making $40, $50 million a year. We can't pay the caddy. My, my, this is, I would pay anything to hear the audio of the first conversation that Phil had to have with Bones of saying, hey, you got a check this week, but I'm going to have to keep it, and I'm gonna, I'll pay you later on. I mean, how could that conversation have went, and how many times did that have to be said to our man Bones? I mean, we all talk about he's one of the best caddies of all time, maybe the best caddy of all time, and apparently he's working for free for how many every year? So, I mean, sounds like a pretty damn good deal to me for Phil, but... I mean, it's, and you know, just to poke a little bit of fun at, at Phil, you know, it's, I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. No one ever has a gambling problem. You have a losing problem. And <laughs> I, 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 I think Phil's on the ultimate end of, of that losing. I mean, I don't know what he was betting on, but it, it was, I think we're at the point to where we talked before about, you know, fade Randy, fade all this, you know, fade Taylor on the one and done. I think we got to fade Phil on his bets because 40 million in four years. That's 10 mil a year, basically. That's eight figures lost a year in gambling debt. I mean, that, that's just absurd, Woody. I, I don't know if I've heard of anything and, like that from a, a major athlete. And, Woody, real quick, before you, you know. get your thoughts on this, I, I do want to say, and by the way, guys, Phil is getting this payday because he he already signed with the Saudis, obviously, guys. And so – He's trying to make up, you know, whatever whatever he gets from the Saudis. It's not going to be enough to make up for all this other stuff that's going on, whether it be the it, endorsement contracts he's lost, the gambling debts that he has. He's Whatever he's getting from the Saudis, it's not worth it. It's just Phil digging himself a bigger hole. Right, Woody? Yeah, I, I, I think the best way to end that conversation, because we have all all feel like you guys feel, if if you think about Ron White, who's that comedian that loves to smoke cigars and drink uh, scotch while he's on the stage. He's hilarious. He said, yeah, he's, he's so hilarious. funny, so funny. He said one time that you can't fix stupid. Okay? <laughs> true. That's very true. And what, what you guys are talking about is beyond stupid. Uh, I mean, it's his money. I'm not, I'm not saying that Phil Mickelson shouldn't be able to gamble. If he wants to do it, that's fine, but it's not real smart. Uh, they don't build all those big casinos. They don't gambling's based on the odds of the other guy winning. Well, anytime you're doing that and you keep thinking you're going to get on the other side, like like Ron White said, you can't pick stupid. Yeah. That's all I got to say about this. I was once told never gamble more than you can afford to lose. Exactly. Have fun. You want to bet on sports? 100%. You want to bet on sports? Bet on sports. You want to go to the casino, play cards? Go to the casino and play cards. Never wager money that you can't afford to lose. And I mean, apparently that applies to uh, to people who have millions and millions of dollars. So I'm fascinated to see the, the twists and turns that this thing takes. It's already taken so many. Uh, but yeah, I guess we're just uh, hanging out to see what the next step is here. But I expect that we'll see Phil next week, and uh, well, and, and maybe thing. maybe he'll get asked some questions. I don't know. It, if, what he, was, if he's there and answers questions, it's going to be fascinating. That's what I was just about to say is Brandel came on uh, Golf Central last night, and you know he wouldn't say this without you know, knowing in my opinion. And he said that he thinks Phil will play at Southern Hills, that he has no reason to believe he wouldn't, which means that if Phil was suspended, his suspension will be up by the time Southern Hills hits. Just my opinion, right? Because you would think that the PGA of America would go with whatever the PGA Tour says. Yes. Do you guys well, agree? Yes. And Phil yeah. being the defending champion, guys, I think that they'll, they're going to want him there. I, I just really don't know. I mean, Woody, if Phil is there next week, do you think he he talks to the press, or do you think he just plays golf and doesn't answer questions? I mean, he's the defending champion. Well, no, he's going to have to have a press conference. He cannot. He There is no way, shape, or form that guy is going to come in, play four days or five days, and then leave without speaking. Uh, I'm sure now I'll give the PGA of America credit. What I think they would do is try to set that news conference up as early in the week as they can. And even on the weekend before, if they could, and let him get all he's going to get. Let him barbecue him, whatever they're going to do to the poor guy. Let him answer every question. And then after that, 
They're done. It's over. Let the man go play the golf tournament and let him go and play with the Saudis all he wants, whatever he's going to do. But, no, you cannot. He has to have a press conference. It's a must. Do it early as you can. Get it over with. And then let's get on with the golf tournament. Because, really, guys, I give one patooey about him. I couldn't <laughs> care less. It feels busted. Big deal. It's his own damn fault. Okay. Don't ruin the PGA because of this goofball has gambling issues and is getting in bed with the Saudis. Do not ruin a major over that, please. Yeah, guys, I, doesn't doesn't the guys doesn't the book come out the week of the PGA championship? Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, the book comes out next week. It and, does. And Alan Chipnuck will be at the uh, golf Oklahoma party at Cedar Ridge. Book book comes out Monday, I believe. So, I mean, if you're going to try to get it read, you're going to have to really power through Monday night. Yeah. I saw it a hot take. I don't think there's a chance he plays. I really don't. Oh, okay. I don't think he is. Okay. I, don't, I don't think he'll be there. Okay. Interesting. That's, you don't think he'll play, Taylor? I don't. No, I, I, I think with all this recent stuff to come out, I think Phil's main thing is he's trying to let all this slide by, and he can't let it slide by because it just keeps coming out. So, yeah, yeah. I, I would think I'm definitely leaning towards the side of he wouldn't play. Because like you said, the book comes out on Monday of the PGA. So I agree with Woody 100% that they would try to get that press conference done early. Well, there's going to be some people that ask questions that are going to know more about the book and ask that. So, yeah, I don't. I would definitely lean towards the side of he doesn't play. But I hope I'm wrong because I really would love to see him at stuff. And, guys, real quick, I just want to be clear so our listeners understand this live uh, stuff coming up. So you have the live – golf invitational that's coming up at in london, london right the week and, before the u.s open so it'll be like june 5th will be that sunday of, of the live event yes and and yeah. that is opposite the canadian open but that's not as big of a deal you could you could see the pga tour give exemptions to those 58 they're, they're guys expected to actually yeah they're yeah. expected to yeah. um but because it's on another continent Exactly. The live golf, the live, you know, it doesn't matter that it's the Canadian Open. It's still a PGA Tour event. If it was, if the live event like it will be in Portland, opposite of the John Deere, that's yep. when you will see who is actually going to the live tour and if the PGA Tour will issue bans. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, here's my hot take. I think Sergio's going. I think so. Good. <laughs> that's, that's my hot take. No, I don't know, Colby. All right, boys. Good stuff. Good stuff. We're back Wednesday. Uh, hopefully from Carson Creek. Hopefully we can get set up up there, talk a little women's regionals, uh, and get a big interview as we prep for PGA Championship Week. So a yep. lot of good stuff going on. Hope everybody had a good Mother's Day weekend. We're back in a couple of days. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. <laughs>